0: you're listening to the a scully cast brought to you by www.ascully.com and here are your hosts a scully and sid talk, sid talk what how do you do what um how so do I,
1: how do i do what
0: how do you do how That's a do? old English gentleman's kind of <clears throat> greeting,
1: which means "How are you?"
0: "How are you?" "How do you do?"
1: "I'm doing fine, thank you." "And yourself?"
0: "I'm doing great." <laughs> "Great." Um, "I wanna
1: "Great." Write... "Fine." "Great." You know when you ask people how are they? Yeah. And they say, "Oh, fine."
0: Yeah. What does that it's mean? It's so
1: boring. Like, I don't ask. if You want I don't... detail? I don't ask if I don't care. And if I ask, it's because I care. And yeah, I want detail. If you've got a pustule thing on the back of your neck that's driving you crazy, you can tell me that. Because I'm asking you how you are. I haven't. And if that is part of your day of not <laughs> being great, then you can tell me that. I'm not one of these people who goes, well, I don't complain much. Ugh, <laughs> makes me want to Vomit.
0: So Up Frontier, and this is not (laughs) part of After the Show, Before the Show discussion, but it's something I want to bring up before we start.
1: Neither was that.
0: It's a small recommendation that I want to make, and we watched a comedy, we watched the whole thing, it's actually a BBC comedy that started this week in England. Um, We watched the whole thing in one night, that's how, uh, I guess that's how good it is, because we sat and watched the whole thing, right? It's uh, six episodes, 30 Yeah, sure, that's
1: why, because I never do that any other time with any other shows. (laughs)
0: <laughs> I don't generally. I will, I'll, I will save a show, savor a show, but we watch the whole thing, and it's called Car Share. Car uh, Share yeah.
1: for the Americans. Car Share. Car Share. Yeah.
0: And it uh, stars Peter Kay, who's a British comedian, stand-up comedian. Who all the British people are like, yeah, we know who Peter Kay is, but Americans have no idea who he is. Um, and this is available. I think it's coming to Netflix actually in the in the states, so you will get to see it eventually, but. The BBC did an unusual thing That they've never really done before They uh, On BBC.com They put the whole season up in one go Like Netflix do Like a binge watch thing They did that So we saw the whole thing And uh, what did you think of it? And just explain it quickly What it was about It's called Car
1: Share Which is uh, ride share to us Americans Where you give people who are going to your job A ride with you You take turns It's just like carpooling basically Also another name for it So it's one guy who's a manager of a store and a woman who works there and they're now buddied up as the car share people and it's them driving to work and home from work every day with a cup very, very little anything else. But you get the entire glimpse of their life. Truly. And you can, you know, when you think about it. It's a comedy, but it's got that deep heart to it as well.
0: I, I would uh, liken it, if, like Ricky Gervais's stuff, like The Office or Extras, it has like a heart to it and it has a... Oh, Derek even. Like an
1: absurdity that's...
0: But normal. Real. Yeah, yeah but yeah. very normal. It's like... It's just like dra- when you're driving in a car with somebody... Because when she gets
1: in the car and she's been drinking all night. I mean, you get the first impression of her is she's sort of this, you know... Loves loves Beyonce and loves the little things on her fingernails and she's just a very cookie cutter type of person and then you get to know her a little better one day she gets in the car and her hair is like (laughs) cartoony almost and her makeup is horrible and her eyes are all the black is all smeared you know she's been drinking all night and she's drunk so she's not it's not like a it's like a caricature of getting in the car in a comedy way that's funny but you also then as you hear the story you just it's like two separate things it's very I thought it was good. an excellent comedy
0: really good uh, a really good concept that I'd, I was surprised nobody had really done before like I mean we've seen episodes well it sounds boring
1: two people driving to it one. does
0: but it isn't because what he did really well I found was he mixed music in like music is like as big a, a bigger part of the because they're to the radio because you listen to the radio yeah. so they've got like ads on the radio that are fake kind of funny ads but they're not actually far removed from real life ads I said they're like GTA ads yeah um, and then there's... It's like, hey, do you need help
1: in your life being happy and satisfied? Get a new shed in yeah, your backyard. Which You're is like, very <laughs> similar to real
0: commercials. But um, there's also music um, on each episode, you know, because she loves listening to this particular pop radio station. And, and you, know, thinks, you'll know, and yeah, the, you yeah. know, you'll know all the music. he thinks he doesn't. Yeah, but, you know, you'll know all the music. And it's interesting because each episode there's a quiz on the radio where you have to guess what year it is and he's really good at doing that and it advances through the years from like the 80s to the you know you know the 2000s so it's a cool show it's a
1: and that's why you love the music because yeah. it's very late 80s through the 90s it's all the and stuff there's modern stuff too because yeah. there's the smiths
0: stuff. are in there and <laughs> there are modern stuff and when, you know, he says to her, What's your favorite album of all oh, yeah. time? And she says, Now 48.
1: Also, Americans want to know what that now, is. Now that's
0: what I call music 48.
1: Now that's what call music isn't... is a series of CDs. <laughs> it used to be albums, but it's a compilation of the hottest. It'd be like taking America's Top 40 and taking the number one singles from that it's list big for here, too. 12 years putting it on a CD. And so he's like, that can't be your favorite album. Because like, his is what? It's like a really dark. Like the deep. Beatles
0: or something. But it she... wasn't the
1: Beatles. It was something more, you know, intense, but uh, like a story of an album.
0: People... But she, She's like, yeah, but it has all my favorites on it. <laughs>
1: and he's just like, <laughs> like his eyes are rolling, you know?
0: Yeah, so that is, a. it's actually called Car Share, but it's Peter Kay's Car Share, because they put his name on there, I guess, to so you don't realise, I wouldn't have actually watched it if it didn't have Peter Kay's name on it, so it worked for me. Um So yeah, it's the BBC, you can find it there. Um So it is Saturday, May the 2nd, Happy May Day. Is it May Day? Or was May Day yesterday?
1: Yesterday was May Day.
0: Uh, and this is after the so show. So happy
1: yesterday.
0: Number 374. Uh, the movie we're looking at this week is The Gambler, which is, and I did put down there in brackets, a remake slash reimagining of the reimagining. 1974 film The Gambler, starring James Caan. Let's just say it's a remake because that's what it. Is. I don't think it is a remake, though. Is it because I it is? L- it's
1: the same kind of story. It's the same similar. kind of character. It's not dissimilar. You, if you, I even saw just clips.
0: I just watched the ending of the new of the.
1: Right, but that's not what. That's not the factor not the that makes it a remake. You know? So the same. Just framework. remake, then.
0: Yeah. But not shot for shot remake. Uh, like Psycho. Yeah. Which was shot for shot. Yeah, which is like, why do you even make that? <laughs> like, if you're just going to make it exactly the same. Um, so this is a 2014 movie. It's released on Blu ray on the 28th of April, so you can pick it up now. It's rated R for adults. And uh, Sidtar—that yes. uh, <laughs> doesn't make any sense—are four really old people. Restricted. Oh, restricted. Yes, yes. Uh, so, give us the synopsis of *The Gambler*.
1: It is about a man who is uh, has self-imposed demons that he wants to shed, and in the frame, in that, in that. He does like to gamble. He does like to bet. He's also a professor of literature, so he has this sort of snarky, I know everything. I can't be a genius, so I'm nothing attitude. And I've known people like that. I've actually lived with a person like that. Not you. (laughs) In the past, someone who's like, either you're everything or you're nothing
0: this is, is not the someone. synopsis
1: it is that's his, but that's the attitude he has <laughs> yes. and he's that's his problem actually and that gambling is just one of his ways of his way of like I don't know trying to f- whatever find his way that's a
0: good synopsis Is this thing <laughs> uh, <fay laughs> and whatever uh, the gambler is not
1: a guy who gambles yeah, but is some it, gambling.
0: but is he a but, gambler yeah, gambling, yeah. Yeah. some gambling and stuff <laughs> put that on the back of the box <laughs> So, uh, The Gambler, Mark Wahlberg Well, what's your synopsis? Mr. Smarty Pants? Is, is, is Can't some be ga- better than that Some gambling and stuff <laughs> So, The Gambler, Mark Wahlberg um, Didn't really know much about this movie Aside from, I remember when it came out In the theatres and thinking Oh, oh I, we'd just seen Pain and Gain Which was the last Mark Wahlberg Movie I believe we saw uh, Oh no, aside from Transformers Which came in the middle there um, and I thought, oh, that sounds interesting. Uh, I interested in you know gamblers and gambling. Uh, so that's all I knew about it. The, I didn't see the trailer or anything. What What I want to say about this movie is it was a big surprise to me. I thought it was. If you look at the cover of this movie, it's so uninspiring. It looks like a straight-to-video yeah, piece it does. of shite. <laughs> it really does. Like that looks like something don't that judge a book by its cover. That that cover looks like some straight to video. Nobody knows about this movie. Just throw it on the shelves and let it die. Kind of movie, and it's so far from that. You know, um, if you're a fan of Matt Wahlberg, this is a different. I I I think this is something I while I was watching this I was thinking about Matt Wahlberg. I don't think it gets taken that seriously. People just think, oh, Matt Wahlberg, whatever, Mark, and Mark movie. I think he's a really good actor. And I feel like he challenges himself a lot. And this movie is not what you would expect. It's not an action movie. It's not a run-of-the-mill what that cover proposes it to no. be. It's not that. Because that cover just makes it look like some crime thriller, just boring, like, you know, you've seen it a million times. I found that this movie was full of surprises and the tone of it was not what I expected. It was more thoughtful and thought provoking than I expected. Like I expected it just to be oh it's an action movie. He's gonna do some gambling. Some people are probably gonna come after him because he loses a bet. Cause that's usually what these type of movies are, right? When you see that cover yeah. I, I would say you say to me, what is that movie? I'd say well, John Goodman's the bad guy. Mark Wahlberg's done some gambling, and that guy's coming after him. And that's his girlfriend, and he's probably going to threaten or a double the crosser Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And uh, he's going to—he's on the run because look at the bottom. Like there's the uh, the city lights and some cars driving away. So there's probably a car chase, and there's probably some action. and Somebody probably falls off a bridge at the end—that kind of thing. That's what it looks like. It
1: does. It, it really looks isn't exactly like that.
0: it's not that at all. It's a real thought-provoking, really well-made. I thought. Well shot, real. You know this. The um, screenplay is by William Moynihan, who did The Departed. He's done a lot of other stuff too, but I think his dialogue and it's it's quite serious. His tone of things, you can feel it. Like it feels like a quality writer was involved. Like it doesn't feel like a cheesy. You know, straight to video movie. When you're listening to people speak, it feels like there's some quality behind this. Like it's yeah. well written.
1: What's a movie recently we watched? So we were like, it's just kind of wooden, and weird. Not last week because that was sort of intentional, but there was one recently. Last week
0: was Inherent Vice. Yeah, yeah, no,
1: there was one where like it just doesn't feel that right. It feels overwritten, over written, over. You know,
0: you could say, not
1: like a natural conversation.
0: Which we said about, like, uh, we watched Death Proof, for instance. There's scenes in Death Proof. And I know it's supposed to be cartoonish Death Proof. But there are scenes where it's like, those people aren't speaking to each other. That's just, like, was comic that, book dialogue.
1: There's something more recent that was more serious that felt that way. It was... Even Gone Girl, that was it. That there was a bit of times when it wasn't There real, was not the
0: beginning, yeah. Yeah,
1: overwritten, uh, kind of. But this feels... But this didn't have that at all. His no, pretentiousness
0: is very real. It's him, yeah. I have a
1: feeling it's the writer. He seems like the kind of guy that if you got in an intellectual uh, debate of some kind, he would rip you down. I
0: mean, I, I've, um... William Monahan. when we... The Departed's an amazing movie. You should go and see The Departed. Um, and I saw... He was on the extras of The Departed talking about how he came up with the script and stuff. And, um... I always thought he had an interesting point of view, and he doesn't, in the extras for The Gambler, he speaks a little bit, but the few things he said, I was like, this guy is awesome, I like his attitude, like, he said, he talked about, like, do you remember what, like, he said about what he, th- he has a point of view that is not really acceptable to most people, especially in the film yeah. business. So, like,
1: but you are accountable for your actions. That gambling isn't. An and addiction. most people
0: would think the other thing. Yeah. So, and this comes across, especially in the John Goodman character in this movie.
1: But our main character has already bought into it. Yeah, he actually kind of thinks that, even though he doesn't seem like the type. But he gives her that little speech. The mother, do you yeah. think I would do this if? But he's not talking about gambling. He no, doesn't even know he's not talking about gambling yet. And Until
0: that's later. what I really love about this movie. It throws everything on its head a lot. It's like, um. Is it about? Is it? It's called the Gambler, so obviously it's about gambling. Well, not necessarily. There's gambling in in this movie, but it's not necessarily about gambling. And I loved Matt Wahlberg as a character in this. I actually forgot about Matt Wahlberg for a while.
1: Yep, totally.
0: And he's got this. It's it's a very strange lead character, and that's what I loved about it. It's There's parts of him that are just an ordinary dude, and there are parts of him that are very detached from human from everything else.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Like he's like you know, his his point of views uh, the, a lot of his point of views match up with mine, which is interesting. I, I relate to mine, it.
1: Mine totally. Yeah.
0: But uh most people wouldn't. They'd be like what the hell this guy's broken and damaged and messed up and like what why is he thinking that way? I really related to that because most movies and the kind of movie that that box, again, I'm going to refer to that cover of this Blu-ray, is trying to sell you. They are trying to sell you the opposite of this movie. So it's kind of like a bait and switch because you'll buy, you'll go, oh yeah, there's a Mark Wahlberg film with some action. And then you'll get it and it will be more thoughtful and maybe you'll enjoy it more than that. You know? Or maybe you won't. Or maybe you won't. It's, you not, it's not inherent vice. By, by It's not that. It's, it's not, not
1: really going to trick you.
0: No. <laughs> well, I mean, it's not scholarly kind of um, film. It is. It can be enjoyed by everybody. <laughs> but, what are you saying? Well, I'm thinking *Inherit her advice, can't be enjoyed by everybody. I don't think There's, this a, there's a barrier to entry on that movie.
1: Barrier to entry, this one has, I think, a similar thing, but on a little bit less It's level. lower, yeah. But yeah. it still isn't for everybody.
0: No, but I appreciate it. It's kind of on the level where I am or something. It like, isn't
1: the... Um, what's the one that Mark Wahlberg did
0: contraband
1: Uh, yes it's not that which is
0: an action movie which is good yeah it's
1: no one expected anything there's lots of drama and it was it was good
0: well made and yeah but it was exactly what it said on the box this is not it's a
1: well exactly
0: yeah it's not the the
1: This one is between that and inherent Vice, but it still has some challenge some people will be like who's this guy like what a just, and that's what I love. He says shit they don't understand because he's intellectual. Yeah,
0: and that's what I loved about it. And, you know, some people will say, oh, that's a bit of a stretch, um, Matt Wahlberg being a professor. <laughs> but if you remember in M. Night Shyamalan's The Happening, he was a teacher in that one as well.
1: Yeah, but you hated that one.
0: It, that was terrible. That is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. Almost turned that <laughs> one off. That is a bad movie. But <laughs> it's not the first time Mr. Wahlberg has been a uh, academic of any kind. But I think he played it well. There is a scene in this movie where he delivers a lecture to a hall full of students. And I bought him delivering the lecture. I know it was a kind Absolutely. of... Absolutely. I know it was kind of like a, the kind of lecture where you would be like, my teacher's going crazy. He's having a breakdown in front of us all. It's kind of, you know...
1: Um, I had an American history professor in college at good old Mizzou who on first day announced in his slumped way, sitting on his desk, legs crossed, back on his elbow, just so you know to tell your parents when you go home for Thanksgiving, I'm a socialist. Right. So I'm not going to explain to you what that is. You can look it up. You know, that kind of thing. And this is before this the internet. It kind of
0: dry and like...
1: And it was like I'm laying down this thing that everything I'm about to teach you... Right, is mostly going to be bullshit because I'm going by the book and blah, blah, blah. But with this overtone of... Can't
0: let my thoughts come into this. And he
1: was dramatic and he would slam the book on the table sometimes and he'd slump in his chair when people wouldn't say exactly what he was, you know, the simplest thing he was trying... Or when nobody would raise their hand or whatever. And there was like, you know, 200 people in the class. It was this big school. And he, you could just see it. He was over the whole professor thing, and that his political and personal views were just, like, bubbling up right there. So, this guy...
0: That's what he's delivering, his own personal views, almost. Yeah, and, and I
1: can see that totally, totally happening in real life.
0: And then I said to you after the lecture, oh, yeah, he really makes people feel good. And that <laughs> yeah. is that is, a, that is sarcasm, because you have to see the, um, the yeah. scene, and you're like, ah! I might not want to come back here to this guy and I might want to go home yeah like
1: what's the point of going to college if you just told me I'm a loser
0: (laughs) yeah I'm I'm either going to be I'm either a genius or nothing there's no in between like you're you're good at it or you're nothing you might as well not even try yeah if you're not a genius and I'm
1: the one who's going to tell you you're not yeah so go home and
0: there's one of you here that is and the rest of you whatever (laughs) so yeah that's not a good pep talk is it you wouldn't be good (laughs) for the sports team um, so, yeah, I really I really admired this film. I liked the way it was made, the way it was shot. There was some clever... I think you were trying to be a bit too clever sometimes with the cameras and stuff. You know, like, uh, there's, there's a bit where it's kind of blurred around the edges, like like uh, Jesse James, you know? Well, that's just it's...
1: transitional moments where it's trying to get you from one yeah. day to the next, so that's totally acceptable. It's like a slide between this day and the next there's day. There's
0: some cause... really beautiful photography, though, right? There's some... Uh, do you remember the 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 shot that really most stood out to me was right at the beginning Mark Wahlberg's driving his car down the freeway and then he pulls up, he comes up a ramp where the casino is that he's going to and he parks the car and as he's getting out of the car there's a car coming towards him and it's kind of uh, what time of day is that where it's dusk and the car headlights are coming towards him through the glass it just looks like a really it's like, ooh, that's kind of artsy when this this is not really an artsy movie but uh there's definitely a, there's definitely you know some thought put into some of the, all of the shots I think yeah, it's not
1: straight up there's a lot of it's like hidden camera tricks yeah you don't feel but, it, but nothing flashy started, like, like no. spinning
0: around or none of that there's
1: a lot like, of following yeah but not overt like Drunk glove Or the wrestler, (laughs) which is really
0: following people. Exactly. Yeah, it's not like that, but yeah, there is thought. It's not a straight up like, oh, this just looks like a studio movie.
1: Sometimes you're right. Just pretend, just like the shot down the hall of
0: Neville walking
1: away and him grabbing the lady, and you
0: know that's all framed in this
1: long hallway that looks like an old
0: abandoned. That looks like a Paul Thomas Anderson shot to me, like from Punch Drunk Love, like like a long silhouetted shot. Yeah, you know, there's a there's a shot where they're silhouetted in the background. Uh, which they actually use for the poster of Punch Drunk Love, remember? Um, So, yeah, it's also interesting. John Byron, who's Paul Thomas Anderson's collaborator for music in in movies, Um, he did uh, the music, well, he composes as well, but he did Magnolia and Punch Drunk Love. He puts together the music in this movie, and I thought the music in this movie was really, really good. It's like a... It's not like composed music. There is some composed music, but it's mostly like It's a soundtrack. A soundtrack like um I don't know most of the songs Pulp's um Common People is in there which I re- always love that song. And I noticed that they use a lot of that trick of here's the song for this for this scene and then they get out of the car and it goes lower or the radio it turns the radio off and that's the end of the song. Or they pull their earphones out and the song because is, is they got source music they use that quite yeah. a bit so, but the choice of I music in is in
1: camera source or something like that where it's not just over
0: yeah it's not just played over like it's this imagine this music that's playing over somebody's life it's actually physically in the scene like somebody's either listening to it or it's in the car um and they use that a lot in here and i don't know all the tracks but it was some really cool sounding tracks that really matched the movie i thought they felt some of them felt like they were from the 70s, which is the original movie. I'm assuming, and I'm not assuming they're tracks from the original movie, but they gave a vibe of a 70s thing. And then other tracks, like Common People, were, you know, pretty, you know, new track. Well, not new, Is it Common People's like 20 years old. And
1: I'm a loser, baby. No, not I'm a loser. The other hmm. one.
0: I don't like remember said, back from, uh, being in
1: that. No, not back. From, um, you said it. The choir was singing it in that room.
0: Oh yeah, that Radiohead's "Creep." Yeah, creep but, it, creep. but it's the version that's in the social network where it's a choir singing it. Right. Yeah. So, and that's just very or subtle. That's the actual version, but I mean, people were. But it's very it. subtle in the background. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's very clear that that was
1: the whole yeah.
0: idea. Yeah. Yes. So there's a lot of interesting music in this movie, and I thought it gave it a, you know, a certain vibe to it. Um, so what did you think overall on this one? Before we move on to the cast.
1: I really dig, like when we watched um, True Detective right? I have a kind of mind and genetic makeup and life experiences that have led me to certain views of the world I, I can't attribute it to just one day I decided and whenever I see a character that's brought to life that has a similar vibe, which is and there are names for different things, different philosophies like nihilistic and there's existentialism and all that kind of stuff Where you actually find no meaning in life. And people find that traumatic and like, how how can that be? But When you find a character who has, like you said, he has this emptiness and this sort of like disconnect from everyone. It actually doesn't matter to me if my mother never wants to see me again. It doesn't matter to me if you beat the shit out of me. It's not going to matter to me if you kill me. Although, all that matters to me is that in this moment, I can manipulate you and get a little bit of a high. And in this moment, I can guess what cards you're going to play and get a little bit of high. But that doesn't even matter. It doesn't mean anything. Whenever he gets that. threatened.
0: Yeah, whenever he gets threatened in this movie. It's almost physically. Like he gets all tingly. Or nothing. Like, there's one scene where they pull up in an alley to beat the, True, be, like beat the crap out of him. And, you know, any other movie, that movie, the I'm the, pointing to the box again, he would... Run yeah. and he be on the on the run and he get in a car and he get away from them. He just stands there and goes and they go like you know. He what are you like, going to do? Yeah, kill <laughs> me? Is, you're not going to kill <laughs> like, me. You won't get your money if you kill
1: right, me. Right then and then he's <laughs> figured that out because he's yeah. cl- He is smarter. Yeah. And he's, he's he knows. It's and he's never like, said, These are just criminal. It's never said, but it's under. He understands. If you want your two hundred thousand dollars, I don't have it. Yeah. You kill me, you're not going to get it. Like it's
0: and you don't gonna, you don't gonna, kill me a public and I like either. that
1: Neville has to explain. He says it out loud. Like, yeah, guy, well, I could do this and take your mortgage and get your. But then I'm gonna have to take over your goddamn mortgage payments. and yeah, it's, you know, not it's like like, too much. I know there are ways I can get this money, but you need to just give it to me. And he understands. And he's yeah, I like that he says several times, I-, I tell the truth, I tell the truth, which he doesn't. He lies a lot with who he is. But then in other moments when it's convenient, he's extremely honest. Like when the bad guy says to me. Do you have my money? And he says, no. You know? Like, no, I just don't. So his disconnect, I totally get. And I appreciate that it's in a person who doesn't have some sort of major revelation or, like, you know, the point of the story isn't to, like, salvage their soul or any bullshit like that. It just is what it is. I'm going from this point of understanding life to finding something, question mark. And, that's... and I'm I'm good with that. I love that. I don't like the, ah, look, we well, saved this person who has no... has a bleak outlook on life. And that is what interests me immediately when he gets in the classroom yeah. and he's doing his thing and he's totally, like, rattling off this thing about either you're a genius or you're nothing. And that tells me everything about him that I need to know, which I totally get.
0: And that's one of the things William Moynihan said. He said he's... Like, it was untouched, this film. He wrote it. And then he, then he thought, well, the studio are probably going to not like that character and want to change it. And he said, not particularly on this movie, but he's heard conversations on for other movies where they say something like, can't he have a cat and be a little bit nice at some point? So everybody can like it more, yeah. And he, they didn't tamper with this character. He's kind of untampered. He's a, he's a character who you most mainstream... People ain't gonna they're not gonna like this Mark Wahlberg well, character they're not going to like him they're not gonna be able to root for him And um, they won't identify they won't identify so that's
1: and I totally do
0: that's where this movie takes a massive risky chance and it probably didn't do as well as that movie on the box would have done but I appreciate that a lot because it's for the other people the more thoughtful people who don't need the action movie every single time you know and this movie really takes look at uh, so many risks in that direction. So moving on to the cast, Mark Wahlberg plays Jim Bennett. I'm super impressed with Mark Wahlberg. Um, and I often hear, every time I hear, it, oh, he's always just a joke, he's just a joke, he's terrible, he's terrible. There's no way he's terrible. I Since Boogie Nights, when I, the first time, he's, he's amazing in Boogie Nights. Um, and I'm thinking, of all the times I've watched him on film, I've enjoyed... All of the films, aside from that M Night Shyamalan film, which isn't actually a Mark Wahlberg film, really is it? I mean, he's in it. But so, what do you think of him?
1: He won me over a little bit more, like. Do you games. normally think he's a joke? I don't think he's a joke. No, I'm. I'm not one of the. Herd.
0: Like, there's a lot of people. No, I mean, I'm not <laughs> I saying you're label. one of the. Herd, but I don't I mean, have a
1: label for do him. Do you
0: think of him as a lower, like, actor, like, not actually that good?
1: Like, no, I go movie to movie, every right. movie to movie, and that there are ones where it's like he's. Proven in this role at this time, to really dig in and made a good experience. And then other ones where he's just vapid and empty and like Mr. Action, which I guess is that's part of it, isn't it?
0: Yeah, I, like pain. You just mentioned Pain and Gain. He was awesome in Pain and Gain. That character is a really screwed up, weird character, and I think he pulled it off totally. Like I know it's a bit wacky, but it's also really effed up. That character. Yeah. Um. And there's other movies where I've been really impressed like um even Contraband you just said it's just a straight up action movie but he is really good in it is he? yeah I think so I, I've I'm always like oh I really enjoy watching Mark Wahlberg like in, you know Transformers the last Transformers we just seen I think Mark Wahlberg brought quite a lot to it Shia LaBeouf guy it, it used to be and I, I'd i rather watch Mark Wahlberg be in Transformers movies I think he brings something to it like I you know, so um, secondly, Jessica Lange is uh, Roberta Lange. Yeah, she's, she's a- actually uh, uh, I Jessica hear her Lange. called Lange all the time in um, England, but I don't know if that's it's just a pronunciation. Jessica Lange. Um, she plays Roberta. She's not in it that much. I've never been a massive fan of her, to be honest. She's very, uh, I am um, because of... she's very affected. Like a uh, to me, yeah. she's like Meryl Streep. Like a like a. Like, I know I'm good, kind of actress. That's how I've always seen her, like, you know? Really? Yeah, like, um. I disagree. You know, she gets her. She
1: has my soft spot because King Kong of 1976 is my favorite yeah. King Kong. No, not mine. I understand, but you're
0: wrong. <laughs> yeah, but I've never been a big fan of her. Um, and in this, it, she didn't really change my mind, you know, um.
1: The face, the face. Yeah, she's. Oh my god. I understand that it fits perfectly with this character. She's a billionaire woman who has no. Her husband yeah. is dead. Apparently. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, her stepfather, her father-in-law, just died, who had all the money, and she lives in a castle, which happens to be the Playboy Mansion, in real life. But I mean, um, I can see that that woman who has tennis lessons from a college guy who stays fit is gonna work on her face all the time. But in real life,
0: she's worked on her face. And, and what happens it's so in the extras?
1: Unsettling.
0: What happens in the special features? What on this movie? What happens in the special features? What when you see her, Jessica Lang? She is. She's got like a filter over her. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: They've given her the Vaseline treatment. Nobody else. Martha Martha
0: Stewart glove. Right. So you can't see her wrinkles or whatever. Like she's probably Mm
1: -hmm. it's probably
0: in her claws. But yeah, it's bizarre. Like we don't know that, but
1: someone might have looked at that clip and been like, "Oh, she's like, I like this," and
0: they they gloss it over. But that makes it worse to me because it (laughs) makes it somebody thought she looked terrible. So whoever made that decision, (laughs) like needs you know, Um, John Goodman plays Frank. Uh, now,
1: there's a person who won me over. Yeah, I, know. I am not a John Goodman guy. We fan.
0: saw him last in um, Red State.
1: No, no. We saw him last in um, Flight.
0: Also in Flight, yeah.
1: Red State was way before that. Yeah. And in Flight, he was an obnoxious John Goodman guy. Yeah. Ugh. I think he's been something else since then as well. Same character, basically. Yeah, he's But in this kind one, of... I'm totally sold. Yeah, I think he, was good. he took it. Exactly, he's exactly that guy, and I was impressed
0: on what he had to say. Uh, yeah. One of the one of the speeches he gave, um, and it really, re- you know, the, what he was saying, it reminded me of a Tarantino um, dialogue, like a very, it's a very calculated dialogue, very wordy, but it really made a lot of sense. And like even Matt Wahlberg, his character Jim doesn't generally listen to anybody. He's just, you know... He was actually... You know, that was a person that he seemed to be taking note of. Because he... But even then, he was like... "Are you?" It's
1: starting to help him focus yeah. on what it is he's actually... But he's still not frightened
0: of him, and he's very frightening. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody's still, frightening, and he yeah.
1: doesn't give a shit at all.
0: And the other bad guy, Michael Kenneth Williams, who plays Neville Baraka...
1: There's three bad guys.
0: Yeah, there is a... I've got them all down there. But Michael Kenneth Williams... Now, he was fantastic. He stole the show for me. Very much. Uh, I know who he is. I've seen his face before. You know, he's he's one of those guys you see in TV shows and movies. I think he might have been in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I've seen his face recently. But um, he's fantastic. He's this... There's these three bad guys, right? There's there's the uh, John Goodman guy. There's this Baraka guy. And there's Mr. Lee, who's played by Alvin Ng. He's like the um, Korean guy. So there's these three sides in this movie. But this guy in Michael Kenneth Williams plays, I loved. What I loved about the character was his back was up against the wall and he was confused by the whole situation. Like, he could could see what the situation is. I've got this dude who's borrowed money. And who I would normally just... Normally I would just beat him up and he'd give me the money eventually. But this guy, I don't... I, I, I felt... I don't know if you did, that. this Neville guy actually liked it.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Like,
0: it was a challenge, like, and he was,
1: how do I, like... It's like this. It's like when you have a child, I don't have any children, but I've, I've dealt with children, taking care of children, who, no matter what you do to them, you yeah. can spank them, smack them, swat them, put them on a step, put them in bed, no treats, uh, take away everything, and we're talking child child from, like, five to ten, right? There's There's nothing you can do to them. That's going to... They already understand why what they're doing is wrong.
0: Like, they're ahead Everybody of the curve. understand.
1: Of the- but nothing you do or say is going to make it stop until... The consequence that they have to suffer... Is separate from you punishing mm. them. You know what I mean? Like, they, if you keep saying, you need to stop running in the street. Well, until there's that moment where the car literally almost hits them and they actually piss their pants in fear... I hopefully never get hit, but I'm just saying, that's a personality trait. And this guy, Neville, sees that in the Mark And, it, and, it's, this, like,
0: and it's this fearlessness that Mark Wahlberg's character has where it's like, okay, I'm going to kill you. And, and Mark Wahlberg's just like, well, you do that, you never get your money.
1: Or he just says, no, you're not.
0: You're yeah, not, like, yeah. I understand how this works. like. But then this Neville guy, he, you can see him. He's thinking all the time, like, I don't... I can't see a solution to this. Like (laughs) This is like the awkward, all the other ones is easy. We just punch the guy in the face, we dip him in the swimming pool, we do whatever. And then he gives us the money eventually. This guy, there's no way. Like, I don't see a way of getting the money from him. And I see that on this Neville's face all the time. And I see it as this challenge for him. And I also see it as when he actually has to encounter him, you know, take him and he's enjoying it. He's like, this is a challenge for me. I'm enjoying this. I will figure this out eventually, and the money will come back to me. You know, I get. I... And it's also
1: an amount of money on from from everybody that you can tell isn't impairing.
0: No, they don't any need it desperately.
1: So that this like little annoying gnat, mm. they could cut him loose. They can't prove a point with him because it's like nobody else gives a shit about what him. he does. They they no. figured out some things about his life that might. Motivate him, but they don't motivate him in the way that they think they will. So, it's a thing. You know, you think about it. It's really good character.
0: And Alvin Ng who plays Mister Lee, the Korean. You know, he's not in it a lot. That guy's not in it as much as Neville, but
1: but I'm afraid of he's him. He's
0: intimidating too. Yeah, very. <laughs> and the nail salon scene's pretty yeah, intimidating. She's just like doing his But nail not that intimidating as... for him. Um, <laughs> Mister Mark, even when he's getting the, the snot beat out of him. He's just kind of like.
1: It's because the concept is there are people who don't just go through life happy, happy, or just, you know, bouncing around from what society and culture tells you you're supposed to be thinking about and the music you're supposed to be listening to. And if you get the job with this much money, this is your accomplishment. You have accomplished this. You are, your life is right in line with what we think it should be, right? He's not, there are people who aren't like, who can't do that. And he, is like there's a numbness right and so the getting the shit kicked out of him or being in danger or doing the things that make him feel because he even says to her when she says this place makes me feel alive he's like no no no, that's bullshit but yeah. he knows that's what does it for him is the pain and the stress gives him a something you know
0: yeah um brie larson speaking of her plays amy phillips um I, I like Brie Larson in uh, Scott Pilgrim. She was uh, mm-hmm. the one of the singers. She's in,
1: really good.
0: But in this, yeah, she's good. Look, really she's, natural. Oh like, my! god. Not thought. just
1: the naturalness, but her, like the her everything is in her face. I'm getting really focused on people who act
0: like the like um, Catherine from like, Inherent Vice, where it, yeah, it's like a, if
1: you and I are having a conversation, you say something that I think is bullshit.
0: You can see it. Which can't, happens
1: yeah. sometimes. I can't help it. Um, yeah. like I love you, but that's the way it is. My face is going to go like...
0: The viewers <laughs> cannot see your
1: face. <laughs> they can it's just use a screwed their... up face. <laughs> they can use their imagination. <laughs> but in acting, sometimes it gets lost because the person is focused on the dialogue reaction and not so much the silent reaction. I know a lot of people do it, but they don't do it well. And someone like her and, yeah, the young lady from last week, there's this certain, like, I get it, totally. And they... They're in that person, and I think that's
0: and what and go- again bo- again booking the trend of uh, this kind of movie. She is not like a damsel in distress. no. Nope, focused... nope. I was going to say no. she's
1: not damaged, and she's that's not usually broken. what would happen. Yep. I was
0: like, okay, she's going to be in trouble, and he has to say, no, nope, she's not...
1: relatively neutral.
0: Yeah, that it. This whole script to me felt.
1: I mean, they do the if you don't.
0: Yeah, but it all felt like it was. Uh, we're not going to do what everybody else does. We are going to do the another thing.
1: Because we're focused on this guy, yeah, and not necessarily. i not it yeah.
0: being called the gambler is not necessarily. It is again, but it is, but it isn't.
1: Yeah,
0: um, and then I put down a couple of other people, and these are like um, first time actors, actually, both of them. Emory Cohen, who plays Dexter, and Anthony Kelly, who plays Lamar, and they play two students who help him out.
1: Again, both very brand new. They are like. Both of them. Unaffected, I think is the yeah. word you would say, because they just are in the moment, like fully in the moment. Sometimes it feels a little, um, the Lamar guy, Anthony Kelly, he doesn't feel like the acting class, but Emery Cohen feels a little like I just came out of acting class and we just did this exercise yeah. where you ask me a question and I fiddle with this page in my book and I look up at you with my sad eyes, you know.
0: But the scene in but the- But the
1: Anthony guy is When real, he's doing, when he's
0: shooting the hoops. And amazing. he's talking to him. Yeah, it's just like a an actual- And he's
1: playing basketball and he, he's tormented with his- yeah. choice he's making I mean it's again subtlety He's he's got to play basketball while he's doing it obviously I thought I was really impressed with them all actually
0: so uh, that's the cast Direct. this is directed by Rupert Wyatt is a British director uh, he has directed a couple of British films not anything that you would know of one one of them was about uh, I've always wanted to see it but never got around to seeing it but it's about four dudes escaping from prison in the sewers they're going through the sewers escaping the prison it's called uh, The Escapist Um, But I've not seen that yet. But the big movie that he directed um, a couple of years ago was uh, Rise of the Planet of the Apes, which is awesome. I love it. But it's like a director-for-hire kind of job. Like They need a director for a big movie, and then they hire one, don't they? The Gambler's more about, I think, we see what this director's about, what he he visually can do and what he brings to it. Because it doesn't look like it was just slapped together to me it looked like somebody who was very thoughtful. Oh over, yeah, very thorough. Over. Um so yeah, I was impressed um and you can't really judge a director who's a first-time director doing Rise of the Planet of the Apes because those kind of CG movies, they're so it's not a director showcase ever, is it? You know, The Avengers, it could be made by anybody. You just see The Avengers and
1: Are you saying you didn't like Rise of the Planet of the
0: Apes? I really loved it. I, loved but, it. I mean, you can't tell a director it could be anybody. They just feel mm. like they're a big CG, big huge summer movie. You can't, you don't inject a director into them hardly ever. You, you, I could ask you who directed that and you wouldn't know. Like it's just Fox directed that, or you know what I mean. Like that's how it feels. But uh, yeah, I really liked um, what he did here. Um, extras, and there are a few, and they're quite well done as well. Interestingly enough, they're not the average extras they looked like there was some thought put into them and they actually got all the people who were involved, like the writer and the director and all the actors to talk about the movie instead of like somebody being missing or they just show loads of fast clips from the movie because they haven't really got much to tell you. It's more of a proper, you know, thoughtful kind of documentary. It's split into a bunch of parts. There's Mr. Self-Destruct inside The Gambler, Dark Before Dawn, The Descent of The Gambler, Changing the game, the adaptation in the city locations, dressing the players, costume design, and then there are some deleted and extended scenes. And the deleted scene that we watched about his ex-wife is—it's a whole. It's—I—I I really liked it because it's a—it's not your—it's a deleted scene that is actually a deleted plot from the movie.
1: Yeah, that you don't even know exists.
0: No, and when you're watching it, it gave me more insight into the character a little bit. The way I disagree. Well, the way he behaves with her, I, and the child, it was just a little bit more to make up a picture of him. For yeah, me.
1: but it doesn't tell you anything about the guy we saw in the movie at all. Like, if you think about it, there was absolutely nothing to his motivation. There's nothing in his. Nothing. It's just a separate thing. There might have been other things that could have been stuck around through the movie that kept referring to them, but other than that, it's just.
0: I, I, I wonder that they removed that because. Um. You know the bit where he talks about, like, he realizes that she's with a dude and there's dude's stuff there? Like, I don't think he would even be asked about that. Good point. You know? Yeah. He seemed a bit too asked about it for that character. So I was like, mm, yeah, I don't, I, I don't think he'd give a shit. <laughs> like, you know, he doesn't really give a shit about anything, does he? Um. So in conclusion to the gambler, I'm absolutely surprised and, you know, it... it Ticked all the boxes for me. It was it was well made. Um, surprising the entire time. I was like, where is this really going? What is that going to happen? Had a really. Um, I thought it had a good payoff at the end. I thought it was a good, rounded. Like, oh yeah, you know, it's not super ambiguous or it. It was just a really good, well made movie. So and you?
1: Well, I give it an eight out of ten. So. I don't know if anybody knows about my scale, but once you get over seven, you're really good. And I feel like it's really good, not just because it's well-made, but it just, if I identify with the people, and I could be watching, you know, Dead Snow 2, which is a zombie Nazi movie. If I didn't cheap kind of, you know, zombie, we'll say Dead Snow, which is the first one. A cheap Evil Dead ripoff of zombie Nazis in the snow. But if I identify with one of those people... And I'm I go there with the whole story, then I'm gonna give it a high rating. I May mean, not be high quality. But I I because I I'm loving it, that's the way I, I think find about this it. one's this a has high everything. quality. It is. it's, it's actually, got everything yeah.
0: to me. And uh you know we watched God's, It's challenging. We watched God's Pocket um a yeah. few months back.
1: God, yeah.
0: It reminds me of that kind of quality. Yeah. Like it is like a really like surprising movie that I'm telling you, if you, you'll see this box for this Blu-ray and, yeah. you'll, and you'll see it in your local red box and uh, you'll see it on, on poster displays in Walmart. And it is not what that picture... If, if you enjoy that movie that that picture is, it's probably not for you. It's for the other people who <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: who wouldn't like that movie. There are
1: lots of opportunities to have a good cover for this movie. Even a stack of money.
0: Even, a, even some playing cards or some chips. No, because that's anything. not what it is, is it? No.
1: The money means more, essentially... To, the, to what he has to do than the gambling part.
0: Or an empty swimming pool with some duct tape <laughs> from above.
1: True, because then you'd be like, holy shit, right. <laughs> what's
0: this? Now yeah. you've just... But yeah. it's not a spoiler, because it's, yeah, not, it's not... Yeah, that building. Yeah, you're that, right. Something intimidating like that. But um, yeah, it's a really good movie that you should see. And or, I don't hear a lot of people talking about it. Interesting. Or
1: just a, a black and white shot of his bathtub with the TV laying on the floor you'd be like what's going
0: on so thank you to Paramount for the Blu-ray if you want to enter a contest you can on aschoolie.com we've got some movies to give away we're actually giving away these final hours a end of the world type movie you can go and win it on Blu-ray next week's Blu-ray review is A Walk Amongst the Tombstones starring Mr. Liam Neeson so we're going to be looking at that one next week Movie recommendations, which we always do at this time in the show, it's um, recommendations I usually base mine on this week's movie. And this week's, it's especially based on this movie because these are my favorite. What are you implying? That I don't? Sometimes you don't. (laughs) Most of the time you don't. But mine (laughs) are based, these are my favorite casino gambling type stories. The first one, and I'm going to go with this one first, Owning Mahoney. Um, I've I've actually had it up there before. It's um, Philip Seymour Hoffman. It's about a man who is obsessed with gambling who happens to be a bank manager. It's a true story.
1: Based on a true story. Yeah,
0: and um, if you're a bank manager and you're obsessed with gambling, you can see where that's going. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And the other one is The Cooler, which stars another of Paul Thomas Anderson's people, William H. Macy. And that is a really cool... Have you seen that one? The cooler. No. He's like falls in love with a girl on the on the floor of the. No. She's kind of a, she's a prostitute. Yeah, it's it's a really interesting movie too. So they're my favorite casino-based gambling movies. And personally, as a person, gambling I, I have no interest in it at all. No. I've never been to a casino. You know when you see slot machines and stuff, I, I'm all, you know if there's a place and there's a slot machine, I'm always looking going, is there a video game? Because slot machines, what a waste. What, a what waste? if there was a GTA slot machine? No. Because you'd be like, why can't I just play GTA? I want to play GTA. (laughs) So, yeah, gambling. How about this?
1: They have a a thing. You sit down. You're playing GTA. And you can drive to a casino in the game and gamble. Mm. Uh, Come on. Now, if you were sitting here at your desk playing GTA, there was a casino. If real money's
0: involved, I have to lose money. No. Okay. I get you. I don't want to, like, I don't want to lose money on it.
1: I don't know if people know. People don't know us, but we are so opposite.
0: That's how I kind of operate. Like, I, like how I see it is. There's a thing. It isn't actually that much fun to me. I don't want to put money in and pull a handle. Uh, that's kind of boring. And yes, I see. I could come out with a thousand dollars that I didn't have. But most, as most people <laughs> yeah, know,
1: 99%. you're going to
0: come out. If you went in with a hundred dollars, you're going to come out with none of those dollars if you use them all. Right? I mean, you.
1: And here's me. I've got hundred bucks.
0: Yeah. Okay. You, okay. Do you that's think just... it's fun, though? The, yes. The do- no, I do not. Like It's, it's <laughs> like, can you do that for me? And if you win it, give me the money. Like, that's... that's yes. Yeah, I don't want to do it.
1: I, I am the queen of balancing, barely balancing, the elements, well, let's say the ingredients, of a person who is pretty self-destructive, but likes a comfortable life. Now, those two things don't go together, generally. I have learned in my 40s, I'm almost 50 now. Holy shit, I'm 47 and a half. If anybody's interested. Almost. You're not not almost 50. That's almost 50! That's closer to 50 than I was five years ago, or last year, or five minutes ago. Um, Is that I I prefer the comfortable life, but if given, like, it's it's a teetering thing. Like a teetering thing. You see what I'm saying? I'm on the cliff all the time. There could be a moment when it's like, oh, my God, I like sitting in dark, creepy bars and getting lost in the anonymity of it. I like sitting in casinos where it's I don't like the people of the casino. If I could go by myself and if I learned how to play poker, i be bad because I would probably really get into that. But I like the idea. I like the feeling, even though I don't like losing money. I do feel of putting fifty dollars on a number on a roulette wheel and that little that thing of like oh my god oh my god oh my god if I get if I win and then you lose then it's like hmm how can I get another fifty dollars
0: <laughs> you know and I do, but I do feel even in this movie the um, excitement of the mo- you know the moment I feel it more than the the main character does who's kind of neutral about it he just win lose whatever but uh, yeah I, you know when it's all riding on black in this movie or whatever. I feel the excitement of it. I just don't want to I don't want to do that myself. Really, it's all I have. No interest in it.
1: As your wife, I like that about
0: you. So, uh, Sito, what are your uh, recommendations? Mine are, you'll be like this one. Is there will be blood?
1: Because I feel like that guy, it wasn't
0: Daniel Plainview.
1: Yeah, that it. It wasn't even about what you think it's about. It's it's truly about just. Steamrolling everybody, <laughs> like there's no, it isn't about getting rich, it isn't about striking oil, it isn't about anything. Because like when he f- goes to the church and says, "Oh yeah," he's he's using his steamroller method of getting what he wants, which is to steamroll everybody. To be,
0: but the richness, I've won over every single person. Like it'd be the, the best, not won
1: over them, just smash them. He doesn't yeah. give a shit. Like he doesn't care. He's he's the thing you think is his goal, which is to get rich and not be poor you know because he's we see him through his whole life but that's not it so there will be blood and then wonder boys because there's another professor student he kind of and it's kind of quirky and i think now if i watch it, it'd be more pretentious it is a bit but it's it's a fun little bit of a thinker not big time but michael douglas and um old spider-man isn't
0: it toby Maguire. yeah <laughs> Old
1: Spider-Man. yeah Spider house rules
0: Yep, true. So, Old uh,
1: Spider-Man, as if. It's like how many years ago? We've
0: got a new one coming. So we're <laughs> on the third Spider-Man coming up. Not
1: the third. There was people before him who were Spider-Man in movies long time ago. There though. was that
0: guy in that 60s Spider-Man yeah. movie. Who, I can't even remember who that was. Um, so uh, games and ace scholarly stuff. Not been playing that much this week, but Project Cars comes out at the end of this week. What Project Cars is, it comes out on next Friday, is... This is really interesting, actually. Um, Slightly Mad Studios, they made the Shift series of games for EA. And those were some cool racing games. And then they didn't really like the way EA was doing business, so they left EA. And they're, you know, a bunch of dudes who are professional developers, and they were like, what are we going to do next? So what they did was they, on Kickstarter, they said, we're going to, we're a racing team, you've seen our work, you've played our games. We want to make the ultimate racing game and we want it to be a community-driven thing. So we're going to do this Kickstarter and if enough people are interested we will take the money and take our team of people who've just been laid off from EA because we didn't like working there and um, go and make this new game and it's going to be called Project Cars because that's just a code name for this new game that's going to be coming. So let's just say it's about cars and project cars. So this was a couple of years ago. So they go on Kickstarter, and yes, there are a lot of racing enthusiasts who are interested, who kickstarted it, uh, myself included. Nice. And it, what originally was going to be, well, we're just going to make a small racing game, and we'll, you know, it's twenty bucks, and you'll all have it. You know, we'll we'll make it. It'll take us about, you know, six months, and you'll have this cool racing game. Well, that just kind of snowballed and snowballed, and ideas got pitched and. People like Aston Martin came forward and said, you know what? We really dig what you're doing here. Like, you can use our cars. And then Ferrari said, you can, we can, you can use our cars. And all this started to come together. And what has actually come out of this whole thing, Project Cars, is, and they kept it, it, the official release is called Project Cars. They didn't change the name, which I think is really cool because it's, its it's crowdsourced roots are still in it. Well, it comes out this week, and it's a full retail game. It's on all the consoles It's on the PC, which is where I'm going to play it. And it's also on the Wii U. It's on on all the major consoles. So from this small little thing, it's become this full thing that, from all the preview builds and everything that they've been showing off, rivals Gran Turismo, which is amazing for this very small... It's like 16 people who made it. Gran Turismo is made by, like, a 1,000 people. And they've got all these cars in it, and they've got, like... 30 different tracks, they're all based on, re- well, they are real-world tracks, so you can drive around Silverstone, you can drive around. And because it's Project Cars, it's not just one set of cars, it goes from, there's, there's go-karts, there's like normal cars, like a Ford Fiesta and things like that, there's Formula One racing cars, and everything in between. So it, Project Cars really is what it is. So I dug out my racing wheel out of my um, closet this week, it sat right behind me.
1: Every wife's favorite piece of furniture.
0: Well, it's it's just here with my computer, but I've got I've got a racing wheel and a racing stand, and I played a bit of um, this is what I've been playing this week. I played a bit of Grid Autosport, which was a racing game from last year, with the wheel, and I, as soon as I did it on the PC, I was like, playing racing games with a wheel is just an amazing experience. It's just how they should be played. Like, it's well, yeah. Playing with the controller is just a very mild representation of driving. When you're actually holding a wheel and you've got f- your feet on pedals, it just adds so much to it. It's like, I don't know why I haven't dug it out before, you know, so I'm going to be playing Project Cars this week, and I'm going to play exclusively with the wheel, um, you know, because that's how you should. And it's really cool, because I've got this race stand and I can just put it under my desk, pull it up to my desk, and then when I'm done, I can just move it out of the way. Like, why wheels are inconvenient for a lot of people is you have to clamp them to your desk. Once you've clamped them to your desk, they're in the way of your keyboard. They're kind of annoying. You get rid of them. You never bring them out again. But with one of these wheel stands, you can just drag them in and out. So Project Cars comes out this week. Um, the other thing I've been playing is Adventure Capitalist. I play that every day. It's on Steam. It's free. I don't know what the appeal is to it. I cannot tell you. <laughs> you click things, money, you get more money. You click some more, some more money. Is That's all it is.
1: Hmm. It sounds a lot like sitting in a casino pushing buttons.
0: Yeah, but there's no real money involved.
1: <laughs> but that's what I'm saying is that's the appeal. There's some weird yeah. hypnotizing thing about it. You're gambling and losing. Well, you're not gambling. You're just basically losing all the time of your life to push those buttons to see fake money getting made. Those people think, at least, my time trading my money and my time will maybe get me something out of it. Plus, I get free drinks. True.
0: Sure. Uh-huh. And then finally for my stuff this week, Big Brother UK, which is one of my favorite TV shows. It's a bit it's a very I don't know, I've I've loved it for a long time. Um they've just announced their release date for this year's show and it is the 12th of May, so it's like 10 days away. Ooh. Um it's early this year because it normally occurs you know when it actually occurs normally, the week of E3 because E3 happens and then there's then yeah. they do the so it's about a month early. Uh, This year's Big Brother UK is called Time Bomb, so they're going to be messing with the concept of time. They say, Uh, and uh, I can't wait. It's like it's the perfect summer TV show for me. It's on every single day. You can watch it when you eat dinner. It's like an hour long, feels substantial, and it you know no matter how much you hate the people when they all go in, there's something to like about people as you go through it. Aside from last uh, celebrity one where you didn't like. um, Oop. What's he called?
1: Perez Hilton. Perez
0: Hilton. Perez. You Hilton. didn't win? You.
1: Yeah, but I stopped watching because I just. Thought, Katie well.
0: Price actually won. Um, he he got booed out like at one point. So because he was being a tit, but um. Really,
1: that's exactly what they wanted.
0: Yeah. So annoying. But, uh, yeah, this is not the celebrities. This is the... Uh,
1: and British people. Big Brother is way different than American. Yeah, very so
0: different. Oh, I,
1: mean, I don't know. I have watched American for a long
0: time. Uh, it's still very... I've seen clips from the... Uh, they had Julie Chen on uh, Howard the other day, and she was talking about the American one. And it's it's pretty much the same. They have a, they have a twist. They married couples, dated couples, you mean do it, things like that.
1: It's different for them every year. I mean, it's just... What do you mean? It's the same as it always was, or it's the
0: same as the British one? Same as it always was American, but they have like a, you know, impostors. The thing
1: about the British one is it's very oriented to the public. The public votes everybody in and out. They're involved at every show, every eviction.
0: Yeah, it's it's a... And it's on seven days a week. A popularity contest of sorts, whereas the American one, it's a game, like a game show. They play against each other and they... Vote each other out. Vote each other out, yeah. So it is very different. So uh, that's my stuff for this week. So, Sito, what's for dinner?
1: Tonight is going to be, I think, either rice or couscous, but I'm thinking couscous because it's faster with some mushrooms in it and some corn nuggets. Quorn, Q U O R N, which are the chickenless chicken nuggets. They're really good. Because we don't eat any chickens anymore. And some vegetables. That's about it. I made bread today with my, our nephew.
0: You did? Get he, has, it. he has a Roman okay. supper or. A-
1: Like, he belongs to the Latin, in the Latin Club. He's been learning Latin for five years now. This is his senior year, and he started in eighth grade, I think. And he belongs to the Latin Club, and every year they have a banquet.
0: Yeah, that's what it is. And they
1: wear togas. We got material to make. He wouldn't let me see him in the toga, of course. And uh, his contribution to the dinner was to make some Roman-style bread, which is the night before, you put some flour and water and yeast together, you let it sit all night, mix in some more flour, And you bake it on a stone in the bottom of the oven, which we did. And I couldn't have any of it. I could just smell it and make it. True.
0: It was really fun. And? My advice? Yes.
1: Kind of along the lines of this character and what I was saying. That, like, I mean, you know my motto is, don't let people, you know, if you don't think for yourself, people are going to think for you. Someone is doing it for you. So, that also means, if you're going through your life... And everyone's telling you that you sit down your butt every Sunday afternoon and watch college football because that's what we all do. And if you don't, you're a piece of shit. Because that is some of the attitude. When you tell people you don't like that particular thing, you get this weird look like, what are you doing with your life? And some people can be intimidated and led and manipulated into that thing because other people have decided, well, this is meaningful. Now, if you're like me... Meaning is subtracted from everything in life. I, I have to find it. It isn't handed to me on a silver platter. You tell me something's important, and I'm gonna look at you funny, cause I'm gonna be like, "What do you? I don't feel that. I don't think that. Why am I supposed to think that's important?" And it's the same thing with meaningful things. You know, just cause I don't like a movie and you you do or whatever, that's a small thing. But it can be anything. Like, I I I don't find meaning in life and I don't it doesn't happen just because everyone else has told me oh but there is oh you have a purpose everybody has a purpose life is full of meaning well you know what I have a lot of women who tell me that life is only meaningful if you have children otherwise there's no point I don't have children so there there goes that one out the window a lot of people say if you don't have a career if you haven't established a career you know
0: Oh, you don't have pets. And
1: you have, like, you don't have the 401k, and you don't have your money set aside for retirement, and you don't plan to buy some stupid condo at the end of your thing, and you don't blah, blah, blah. Well, then, what's, again, what's the point? Why are you going through the motions of some stupid little job if you don't have a career? Well, I don't have a career either. So there goes that meaning in my life. You can't tell me it's meaningful, and I'm just going to buy into it. Because I don't. Believe you. And that doesn't mean that my life is lacks joy or en- enthusiasm. I'm sort of everything. Right? I get very pissy and very snotty. I react to things that I think and that I feel. You can't convince me I feel something. Or that I think something. And that needs to go for everything. Like, there's got to be somebody listening to this. Who sits in a group of people doing an activity on a regular basis. And they feel completely empty. As if they are burdened with that moment. They don't know what else they want to do necessarily. Like if I had to sit and watch football with somebody all afternoon or go to a baseball game with somebody on a regular basis, not just once for an event, but you know, hey, we're going to baseball again this week kind of thing. I would sit with this emptiness of there are so many more things that I could be doing with my time. This is actually sucking the life out of me. I feel like I'm a drained pool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing to me right now. Nothing in this experience is giving me anything. There have to be people listening who do this all the time. And I don't mean just because you sit at your job and you're kind of bored. Like, get over it. This, that's part of life sometimes is like your job to trade in your time for some money and that's it. But I mean, so don't let people convince you that something's wrong with you. Because the thing that they think is meaningful or important or whatever it is, you don't have that in you. You don't naturally feel it. There's nothing wrong with you. I mean, there might be, but I'm I'm not a psychiatrist or a <laughs> mental, medical doctor. There's something wrong with all of us. In, absolutely. Absolutely. That's but there's advice. nothing wrong with you sitting there being like looking at everyone around you thinking, what is wrong with you people? You've all drank the Kool-Aid like I don't get it like I'm looking I'm looking at all of you from the outside in and I'm wasting my life here doing this thing that I don't get there's nothing wrong with you but we need to do in those moments if it's an obligation kind of a thing or you do want to participate in family events but you're actually quite not that interested but you physically want to show your support or whatever you can think of other ways of participating like I do and like I mentioned a couple weeks ago. You can participate all kinds of ways in life. And your mind can take you anywhere. Anywhere at all.
0: Anyway, before I die of heat exhaustion, because I'm really hot for some reason. I thought you were
1: going to say die of boredom, because what
0: I'm saying. No, not boredom. I want to remind you about our website. What is it, 81 in here? Yeah,
1: 81. Yeah, you're not going to die of heat exhaustion, Mr. British person. I'm hot.
0: But, um yes I want to remind you about our website sayschoolie.com sitso.com twitter and facebook you can catch us on those social media platforms is that what they called I don't know you can catch uh, this podcast on these podcasts I ain't hip with the kids platforms I'm going to say platforms a lot so uh, you can catch it on the stitcher platform the zoom platform is there, is there a zoom platform anymore the itunes platform the apple watch platform Catches on all the platforms <laughs> um, Yeah And you can also email me at the, On the email platform A.Skalea Don't email Sid Talk Because she doesn't like The platform of email Or being Harassed By you Also Stay classy I don't even know what that means <laughs> Stay classy Mr. Mark Wahlberg um, Yeah I think you should do More thoughtful roles Like this And you know Less of the action movies Thank
1: you. And I'm going to say think for yourself. Because if you don't do it, someone will do it for you.